You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. You are now jacked into the virtual matrix. Please stand by. Oh, I. For the latest in professional wrestling. I am the master of the middle finger. Video gaming. Chief ass for sorry sons of bitches. And movie entertainment. Beer drinker. Among beer drinkers. And here is your host. All I'm offering is the truth. JJ Sexy. You gotta keep them separated. Boys and girls, welcome to another edition of Unplugged right here. Unplugged with JJ Sexay, Sunday Night Showdown.com, the SNS radio network. That's not a network, the island of misfit shows, as it were. And, uh, you know, I'm flying solo tonight. Got a lot to talk about. There's a lot of things in wrestling that I want to discuss. Uh, you know, mainly WWE NXT, which just went off the air not too long ago and had. A very unusual feel to it tonight, if I could use that word. Unusual in the sense that it wasn't like I was watching NXT. It wasn't like I was watching the WWE. No, no. It was more like I was watching a, an episode of Survivor or, you know, some type of game show, which is apparently what this contest is turning into. I guess we should have known that from the beginning, that uh, you know, C.J. Bowman says it perfectly, double dare. Maybe we should have realized that that was uh, the motive that they were going to go with here. And I, I'm really not feeling the whole double dare, survivor-esque feel to it. Uh, tonight they had to start things off, of course, with a physical challenge, which they're going to do every week, boys and girls. Yes, a physical challenge. And, of course, uh, <laughs> Josh Pedra in the chat says maybe uh, Mark Summers should guest host Raw. No, I'm thinking maybe he should guest host NXT because he'd be a perfect fit for that particular program right now. But they started things off with, uh, you know, they wanted to see who could carry a beer keg around the ring and back to the line. And, of course, the quickest time was going to, uh, to win the contest. Now, they started this off with Daniel Bryan, who, of course, is voted number one as far as the pros are concerned right now, a man who has lost every match that he has been in on NXT. Now, granted, the criteria is that the reason he's number one is because of the people that he has faced. I mean, when you look down the list of people that we've seen go up against um, Daniel Bali, uh, you know, 
Chris Jericho, and he's had some losses to, yes, two world heavyweight champions. So I can see how that fits. But a guy who's, who's won no matches, and of course Michael Cole, uh, with his scathing heel promos or his scathing remarks, is just incredulous to me. I, I It's getting a little overbearing, Cole. Seriously, you need to vintagely fuck off. I, I mean, it's just it's not working. The fact that you would actually have the balls to call someone bigger than you Peewee is beyond me. I mean, when he said, oh, he's a Peewee, I thought to myself, are you fucking kidding me? Michael Cole has the balls to say that about somebody else? Give me a break. So we start this thing off with the beer keg. Daniel Bryan gets it started. Uh, his time is 24 seconds as he does a nice little, little uh, crab walk all around the ring, which I thought was a pretty good time. So next up we have... Uh, we have Wade Barrett, who does considerably better. Of course, Wade Barrett is the biggest guy in the contest. He's, what, 6'5", 200-plus uh, pounds. Um, but believe it or not, and I think he had 14 seconds, the guy to beat tonight was Heath Slater. But before Heath Slater went, it was Justin Gabriel, one of the smallest guys on this roster. And I think he was in at like 13 seconds. He just beat Wade Barrett. And then, of course, Heath Slater comes down and beats everybody at 12 seconds flat. And, of course, after <laughs> after Heath Slater beats everybody, you know, with 12 seconds, you know, we've got, uh, obviously, the rest of the guys have to have to follow that. Nobody does. I think, uh, let me see, what was uh, Corn-Fed Meathead? She Skip Sheffield, I think, just barely missed it. I think he was just under, I think it was 12.4. Uh, so he missed it by about 0.4 seconds. David Otunga didn't beat the time. Uh, Michael Tarver was disqualified because he dropped the keg. And so it, it was a very interesting night. And, and even Darren Young didn't quite make the cut. So he Slater wins this contest. And what does he win? <laughs> you know, just when you think it, it's it's bad to be the loser... For some people, it wasn't tonight because in the main event, Heath Slater was told he was going to face the Big Red Machine Kane one-on-one. -on -one. And uh, like I said, for some of those guys, I'm sure that uh, they were glad to see Heath Slater win that. Now, we actually saw more matches this week on this uh, this particular show. I mean, if you think about it, the last couple weeks, it's been WrestleMania promo this you know, replay of Raw this, preview of SmackDown. So tonight they're really up the ante. And by the way, the phone lines are actually open right now if you want to call and chime in on what you saw on NXT tonight. I'm going to go ahead and open those phone lines and uh, let you guys kind of get your thoughts out there. Of course, just add Sky, just add Sunday Night Showdown to your Skype, or you can call us at 501-588-7957. But going into the first match, uh, I, I found things quite interesting. I mean, just this whole concept that they have, have come up with, with this challenge each week. I, I don't know. I, I'm still not really feeling this, to be quite honest. Uh, and I'm trying to remember exactly what the first match was. I believe it was Daniel Bryan. And who, oh, hang on a second. I've got a call coming in. I guess we'll go ahead and accept this. Welcome to Unplugged. Who is this? It's another than the editor, Chris Kelly. Hey, what's How going on, Crelly? Hi, 
No, I marched. Like I missed the first ten minutes of um, NXT, and I thought I thought that I had jumped back to 2005 and that I was watching Tough Enough because because that's what it felt like. Yes, but even in Tough Enough, they they didn't actually have um, <laughs> they didn't actually have these challenges like this. So I I found that quite interesting, to be quite honest. I like. I like, guys, what the hell is going on and why the hell are they ca- carrying a beer cake around the ring? Literally, what does that prove? What does that actually prove about the rookie? That he can carry a beer, a beer cake around the ring? Does it, does it prove that, that he has the it factor? Does it prove, it might prove that he's strong enough to carry a beer cake? Well, exactly. I mean, you look at the roster, and there's a lot of guys on there that could carry the beer, the beer keg with ease. I mean, Skip Sheffield just threw it up on his shoulders like it was nothing. Like, it kind of felt like um, sudden 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 boot camp, the one that he used to do for, for the Divas. It, it felt like that. It really did. It was just the most pointless challenge. Yes, they got to face Kane, but can they not think thought of a more wrestling-based challenge to how the rookies do? Well, again, I guess they're trying to make this uh, a game show-esque feel. And up until this point, I thought that this was uh, a pretty good concept. But if they're going to do this every week, you know, obviously this was the first time with the beer keg. I mean, what's next week? Or are we going to, like, uh, you know... At this point, I don't know. Are we going to, like, pick up cars? I mean, exactly what are they going to do? I, uh, I'm i just not a big fan of this concept. We've got five weeks before we have an actual elimination, I believe. So I, I just... I don't really know how this is going to work out, to be quite honest. Next, next week, they'll probably get the rest of us to jump around in sacks around, around the ring and see, who, and see who can get the fastest time. But where it is, I hope to hell it's good because I'm actually live next week at the tapings. So please, WWE, please let it be entertaining because the English fans get bored quite easily. So please make it entertaining. Well, now, and here's the first... Like I, like I said earlier, man, as far as the first match that they had, it was Daniel Bryan, and uh, the guy I like to call... Uh, what's his name? Darren Young. He looks like, to me, a cross between John Cena and Buckwheat. Okay? I'm just going to call him Buckwheat Cena from now on. I mean, it just, it just seems like it fits. I mean, he literally looks like John Cena got trapped in the tanning booth, you know, for a couple hours too long. And got a chia pet hairdo. Give it about two years. Hit, he'll start using the crossbody as finisher, and then he'll start using the the uh, the attitude adjustment. May, maybe he can lend his his tanning salon to Seamus, but that's but that's just a different story. Yeah, he's he's a good guy, and I could probably see him probably going to SmackDown after this whole NXT thing. But. Now I'm pretty sure the internet wrestling community is going to go burn down WWE HQ because, once again, their favorite guy, Daniel Bryson, lost again, which now makes him like 0-6. and six. Well, yeah, and, and he lost to Darren Young, of all people. I mean, this is a guy who's had matches with Greg Ali, a fantastic match with Chris Jericho on the first show, and he loses to another NXT rookie in Darren Young. And, you know... <laughs> Good for Darren Young to get the win over Daniel Bryan, but it doesn't help Daniel Bryan's win-loss record when he can't even beat one of the rookies that he's part up with after being on the indies and being a major star for the last 10 years. And, and again, I'm sick to death of this Michael Cole heel character. I mean, I, I'm sorry to come off so negative tonight, but 
Jesus Christ, after last night, uh, the negativity going into what I thought was shitty on both parts for both TNA and WWE, now I'm going into uh, the Tuesday show that I cover every week, and I don't, I don't think it's much better than what I saw on Monday night. So, I mean, I just don't get it. And I think they're really trying too hard with Michael Cole. You know, the fact yeah, that he's, he's trying to get this stupid gimmick over, and it's just not working. I think they dropped two things today, or they dropped the ball on two things. A, Michael, Michael Cole being this hill person that hates the internet. Give, give it to Stryker. Stryker is a much better... Stryker is one that you could believe hates the internet, because he, he, he has a look. Michael Cole just seems like the... Just looks look, look like someone that would go on Twitter and just bitch about the wrestling. So actually give it to someone that could actually... Um, could, could, could convince the fans that, that he, he, he actually hates the internet. And the other thing I think they dropped on, I think they should have had the Miz run out and cost him, cost uh, uh, Brian to win. Because a clean loss, yes, okay, it was a surprise pin, but a clean loss to a fellow rookie, that kind of damages your status on, on that show as, the, as number one. Well, absolutely. I mean, I, I could have handled if the Miz would have run down and done some type of interference, to me, that would have that would have totally fit the storyline a lot better. It would have made him look better. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's all choreographed, and we know what's going to happen. But, you know, it just doesn't seem to help Daniel Bryan out any, even though he's going to win this contest, because he is the underdog. Every week, he but, gets shit on, and every week, he's going to come out on top some way. At the end, he will be the winner of this thing. I, I see no way around it. Unless they now give him, from here on out, a solid like, winning streak, if he does win NXT and moves over to SmackDown on Raw, it sounds like, okay, he didn't win a match on NXT, why the hell should we give a fire flack about him on SmackDown on Raw? They, they, yes, they've got, they, they've got with the Miz to get him over, but now they actually need to give, give him an in-ring cre- credibility and actually let him start winning matches instead of losing matches to, like, okay, you can lose matches to the pros, but when you lose cleanly to, to, to a clean pin to a fellow rookie, that's when you start to lose your status on the roster. Well, I would agree. And, again, it just it just seems like they're setting this up for Daniel Bryan to be the ultimate underdog. And when it's all said and done, he's going to win this thing. Because, it you know, basically you get a contract and you get a title shot of your choosing. Now, so the, the who is, is then? <laughs> exactly. Who is the U.S. champion? The Miz. Okay. Who is Daniel Bryan's mentor right now? The Miz. Who does Daniel Bryan not like? The Miz. Who does The Miz not like? Daniel Bryan. Exactly. So where are we going here? It is so predictable, ladies and gentlemen, that Daniel Bryan is going to win this thing, challenge The Miz for the U.S. championship, and on pay-per-view, beat The Miz clean and become the U.S. champion. It's going to happen. I'm pretty sure that it will be a quick match, and he will lock in some kind of submission. Since if you if you remember back his debut when he made up that that tackle snap trademark or that uh, catchphrase, so I'm pretty sure we will see the Miz tap out on pay per view. No, I I would agree with that. But I just like like Dave said in the chat, I think they actually just need to. Just concentrate on actually letting him win matches because him now being like zero and five or whatever he is, it kind of makes fans go, meh. Why should we give a flying fuck? 
Well, exactly. I mean, it it totally kills this for him, to be honest. But, you know, I'm not booking the shit. I mean, obviously, they have a plan going forward. Um, And David Otunga, I'm just not even impressed with at all. Yeah. Yeah, like most, like, I hate to be down, but most of these bookies, they're just over because they come out to the theme songs of their pros. Like, this might be a jump jump a bit forward, but uh, um, that's, like, he's later guy. The only reason he gets a big pop is because he comes out to Christian's music, and Christian's arguably the biggest face or the most over guy in that company. Are you talking about Slater? I've, yeah. I I just I love the pairing of the two, Christian Slater. I mean, it's just you know that, that's the whole that's the whole reason they put those two together. You realize yeah, you, that, right? I mean, it's it's kind of an inside joke. But as I don't know, as for um, I mean, as for Darren Young, mm, I don't think we'll see him go over to Saturn War following NXT. I think he'll probably end up going back to FCW. You think so? Yeah, I un, unless they make him join the Straight Edge Society, but if he, if he doesn't have the look for that, he's, they would have to change his character a lot and make him like a more serious guy, like like kind of like turn him into a black uh, Luke Gallows. So he basically just flies around CM Punk and does Jackal. <laughs> that could be interesting, actually. Um, let me see. I believe next up on the card was uh, Wade Barrett and David Otunga. No, wouldn't it? Michael Tyler versus Justin Gabriel. You're right. I'm getting I'm getting those two mixed up. Like seriously, I I did my best to kind of you know pay attention to what was going on tonight between everything, but I I got the order of those two matches um, confused. Yeah, it was Tarver and uh, and Gabriel, and of course once again we see uh, you know Justin Gabriel do a fantastic uh, you know 450 splash and get the win over Tarver who was disqualified earlier in the night, and then again, loses another match. I did like how Tava broke out the pa- uh, broke out the pounce, and how they actually referred to it as the pounce. That's the first time since, what, um, Monty Brown, or wh- whatever it was called in WWE, has, wow. um, that they've actually used that name. Well, which, you, which, I, by the way, I think it... Is that going No, I was going to say, well, you know, when he starts calling it the pounce... Period. Then I'll be impressed. How's that? Yeah, I, I I think they could actually like turn it into his finisher because he has like the look of someone that could knock you knock you for ten with the pounce. You know what? I, I think it works for him. I, I I like Tarver. I really do. I think he's got a lot of potential. But here's the problem. You know, they're really not doing him any favors right now. I, I like the fact that when they were doing the uh, the interviews with Stryker when they were talking about the ratings of each superstar, that Tarver kind of broke out and wanted to be the heel and said, give me the microphone, and took it away from uh, from Matt Stryker. I liked how that came across. I mean, I think if you use this kid as a heel, he'd do well. But I think from here on out, if Tarver wants to be uh, not the next guy that's going to be cut from this, he's going to have to up the ante, and he's going to have to cheat the win and do some stuff that's going to get him by. And I think that with what he pulled tonight that that's the perfect direction for him to go at this point. Well, I think, uh, as like a heel tactic, have someone come out to their own music and show disrespect to the mentor. That would make, because that would make him stand out to the whole crowd, the only guy, the only rookie that has, that has their own music. No, it's an idea. I don't think WWE would, would go for it, but I, I, like, I, I like your thinking on that. 
Because, like, right now, the, every rookie needs to stand out and try and make themselves, like, different from each uh, the other rookies. we got Justin Gabriel, who is just like a young AD style slash Jeff Hardy, who and his fantastic profity splash. We've got David Otunga, who, who is a celebrity. And we've got Daniel Bryson, who is the, the dying of the internet. Each of the, the other guys need to try and stand, get out of the shadow and kind of try and make their own gimmick out of being a rookie. I would agree. But they've only got five weeks to do that. And to get, and to get a gimmick over in five, in five weeks will take, will take time and effort and skills. But if they do it, they they will have a future in WWE. Well, that actually is a good point. Because right now they have right now no one actually has a gimmick that that stands out. They need to start like literally make their own gimmick from nothing. Well, I mean, we're starting to see that. Like I said, tonight Tarver kind of broke out and pulled the heel card. Otunga has been trying to do this for the longest time. He's tried to be, you know, this A-list character. And it just, it's not coming across well. I mean, he's trying, I'll give him credit, but I just, I don't know. I don't think that Otunga has the a- the uh, the it factor that he seems to think he does. Even watching him last night on Raw, I didn't feel like he belonged there. I didn't feel like, you know, he was very uh, comfortable to be there, to be quite honest. You know, he... he yeah. Go ahead. I think last night they should have had it, had, had his wife there because if they because that would have made it more of a safety feel. Like even if she appeared backstage in a pre-taped segment, that would have gave him a bit more quick celebrity as a as a celebrity guest host. But just to have him as with, with his little posse, he kind of did feel out of place. But it also did show how much the guest host role. As he has nothing to do, that they can give it a rookie that's not even over yet, the guest host role, and he can do a pretty decent job of it. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, next week on Raw is going to be interesting with, uh, isn't it David Hasselhoff? Yep. The Hoff is going to host Raw. And I've I got to be honest, I'm looking forward to this one. You know, the yeah. Hoff on Raw is ratings. I'm telling you, I'm hoping they bring Knight Rider, the, you know, the car from Knight Rider there, you know, Kit. I think, because, you know what, there's comedic gold in bringing that to the show because you know with Santino and David Hasselhoff I mean, come on just that segment alone is, is going to completely kill everything yeah I was going to go to the, the uh, Raw tapings but when I booked the tickets I, they didn't actually announce who, who the host was but if I knew it was Hasselhoff I would have booked it but they kind of didn't announce who it was until like two weeks ago which was kind of annoying but yeah I think like, last time they had Ricky, uh, Ricky Hatton, which no one really cared about. This time I think the fans actually might give a flying fuck about this guy. <laughs> well, David Hasselhoff is a phenomenon. I mean, I know you think you are as well, but, I mean, Hasselhoff, no shit. The man can't do anything wrong. He's the greatest singer ever in Germany. He's one of the greatest actors in Germany. I mean, this is, you know, obviously it's going to be the United States, but he's like God when it comes to TV series and, and stuff. So I think he's going to do... A fantastic job because he's so cheesy. I mean, I love David Hasselhoff. I think he's great. Next week on Raw, John Cena versus Hasselhoff for the WWE title. I just want to see Hasselhoff come off and uh, and do like uh, a promo as the Hoff. You know, he could like steal the Rock's gimmick and be the Hoff. You know, finally, would. the Hoff has come to Raw. Oh yeah, 
It'll work. Man, the crowd would go insane for that. I mean, I I literally put this guest host up to Shatner, like an epic. It's it's going to be so epic to have Hasselhoff on Raw. I mean, it's just going to be comedic all damn night. I think they 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 just have, have Hasselhoff sing every single entry music. That would like live just that would be fantastic. That 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 would be the way to keep the English fans entertained. Probably so. Um, of course, moving on with uh, with our NXT recap, uh, the next match, of course, was Wade Barrett, Wade Barrett. and David Otunga. And uh, Barrett, of course, got the win to a very disgusted David Otunga, who was left in the ring to feel sorry for himself. Uh, you know what? I like Wade Barrett. I think this kid is going to be a major star. I mean, he's big. He's got all the tools of the trade. He seems very natural when he does a promo. Whenever he's talking, it's... You know, it helps to have Chris Jericho as your coach because Jericho is one of the the best guys on the microphone, seriously, uh, of all time. And to have him coaching, uh, you know, Wade Barrett, I think it's really starting to show. But Barrett seems so comfortable in front of a microphone, um, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. I mean, if, if Daniel Bryan doesn't win this contest, I'd have to say it'd be Wade Barrett, to be quite honest. Yeah, I think the the fact that Wade Barrett is like so comfortable in the mic and putting him with Jericho is just a fantastic idea. I, I might be wrong here, but I do believe that he did do announcing in FW for a bit, so that would help him with his mic skills. But I, I also think about it, he is English, so he would actually draw the British fans. So that so thinking about thinking about that from a business standpoint, to have him win NXT would be a. Uh, a great thing for their for their European um, like um, fans, and like I said, he he like he he finished just kind of meh. It's just a fireman's carry gone wrong, but he is still like a great presence in a in the in the ring. And if and if he doesn't win, I think they should just replace Michael Cole with 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 Way Barrett. Oh, please. No. I mean, Wade Barrett is going to be a star. He's not going to be the commentator. And quite frankly, I mean, yeah, he's got a weak finisher as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I wish he would change that. But once he gets the call up to the main roster, I guarantee you he'll have something uh, with a little more pizzazz or a little more flash. Uh, you know, I, I could see him actually like break out the F5 because he has that, like, that look, that powerhouse look. I don't think anybody's ever going to break out the F5 again. Honestly, I, I, I think that, that was a that was a Lesnar thing, and I know they had Matt Morgan do it there for a little while just to basically uh, you know rip on Lesnar and Big Show. Well, yeah, and Big Show to some extent, but uh, the F5000 he called it. Yeah, I remember that. You know, but that was that was all a ploy against Lesnar. I mean, they really don't have a beef with him anymore. I mean, Lesnar's doing fine over in UFC and. They acknowledge that, and, and they're happy for him. So I don't really think that they're ever going to have another big guy come in with the F5. Uh, I just I don't see that. Yeah, but it does. Is it, I, I say I'm thinking like because they could just just have like pick him up on his shoulders and then just spin him around and hit the F5 because he just has that that look. Like you've got to have a certain look to do an F5 and make it look believable, and he just has that. That big star look. You know, the, the whole guest host on Raw thing has kind of run its course, but 
just kind of stealing a page out of their book, I, I've decided this is this is kind of what I'd like to do. Okay, and and, and you kind of cemented this tonight when you called in. I'm thinking that for the next few weeks, for the for the for the next little while until I decide what I want to do about a permanent co-host, I'm thinking I'm going to have a special guest host every week on this show to help me cover NXT. Sounds cool. I think that's money. Yeah, go. But don't, but don't announce who it is until in, in, the time of the show. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll obviously get with uh, with whoever. <laughs> and uh, we just we just want to announce who it is until I bring him on the show. I think that's that's a fantastic idea. So we now have a special guest host for Unplugged. That will eat, that will get ratings. That, this this show will now just take over every other show on the internet and become the sole number one show. That's right. I mean, if, if, if Raw can do it, fuck it, we can do it. We can do it better. I'll show them how the concept is supposed to work. So if you're interested in being a guest host for NXT on a future show. Send me an email at sundaynightshowdown at yahoo.ca. We'll hook it up. We'll get it going. But I think that's that's the direction I'm going to go for a little while until I really decide what I want to do. Like I said, I, I'm not looking to uh, to replace my former co-host because, quite frankly, he's he's really irreplaceable. Um, so I'm just kind of moving on and doing what I feel I need to do. So there you go. Apparently, I equal ratings. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are the international phenomenon, Crelly. So the international sensation, not not the film one. That's Dave. That's Dave in his little delusional world. I'm the international sensation. Oh no! I can't believe I just stole Dave's uh, thing and gave it to you. What the hell was I, I know, thinking? I, I kind of feel cheap now. <laughs> yeah, it's okay, Crelly. We all feel cheap at some point in time. So <laughs> let's move on to the main event. For NXT, we had uh, we had Isaac Yankum Kane. taking on uh, Heath Slater. As it was yeah. pointed, hold on, as it was pointed out to me in the Justin.tv chat room that that was in fact Isaac Yankum. I would have never known that had they told me that. Yeah, seriously, um, you gotta love the crazies that are in the Justin.tv uh, chat room. Yeah, that's why I tend just like I literally just mute. Also, um, I just minimize half the screen and have my Word document up on the other side. Because those people in the Justin team term annoy the fuck out of me. They really do. They are just the most... They're, they're not even smart. They're just little 12-year-old kids that their mum let out of the basement for, for one night just to go and watch wrestling. And somehow logged, logged onto the computer. Oh, the, the one that killed me. Somebody made a comment about Justin Gabriel was a shitty ca- uh, Frankie Kazarian. <laughs> and I just kind of rolled my eyes, and I was like, "Really? Okay, that's awesome." You got to love these twelve-year-olds that they just just get out of the basement and find a laptop and type in wrestling, and then end up going to some stream and end up spending the whole time actually bitching about the product and not actually watching the show. So. Well, you know what? That's why when I have Justin.tv on, I have my chat room on one side and the fucking TV side on on the other side, right? So it's just kind of crazy, man. I don't know. That, that that was seriously a bad comparison. I don't know where that came from or why that was said, but that's just the people in the Justin.tv chat the best, room. The best quote I heard, I I was actually in um, the the uh, T, TNA pre-show chat room last night on, on TNA Wrestling. And and someone goes to me, uh, don't watch Raw, 
they're, they're part of has-beens who can't draw a rating. And I, I was like, wait a minute, they're, be, they're, they're being you in ratings, and your boss is full of has-beens. Okay. <laughs> you got to love the, the, the teenage fans that just hate wrestling, or hate WWE because of John Cena, and how to rate hold everyone down. Absolutely. Uh, getting into the main event, though, with, with Kane and uh, Heath Slater, I found this match interesting because it, it seemed to me like Slater got a lot of offense off on Kane. And for for a guy like Kane to kind of be in a situation where he's having to defend himself against this rookie, knowing who Kane is and what he's done in this business and the people that he's fought... Uh, honestly, I kind of felt like this was going to be a two-minute squash match, and it wasn't. And i, I got to be honest, I, it, it technically should have been. After everything that the guys from NXT did to Kane last week, uh, you know, no offense to Heath Slater or anybody else, but anybody who got in the ring with Kane tonight should have been demolished. I mean, it should have been yeah. over quick. Yeah, I think, like, right now, Kane is just, Kane's just happy with his spot on, in WWE. Like, he doesn't want world titles. He's ha- he's, he knows that he's been... Lucky to have the career that he has, and and he knows as well as everyone that the, that the right now WWE is lacking uh, talent. So he so he he doesn't mind putting over talent as long as he thinks that they're good enough. Like, I, I, I saw saw him in an in, in an interview with uh, on Sky Sports. He goes, "Yeah, we don't really have many stars, but there, there's a few guys." Like he he didn't bring, he didn't bring, bring, bring up NXT in particular. But you kind of got the idea that tonight it was kind of about him showcasing um, his opponent's skills. And whilst King got the win, he did um, show that Slater has a, is, a, is quite a, a credible threat. Yes and no. Like I said, with Kane, that shouldn't be the issue. Kane is a monster. Kane is a guy that goes in there and wrecks people. I've seen people uh, with more credibility than Heath Slater. Uh, get jobbed out to Kane in less than two minutes. So I, I kind of felt like in this particular angle with them, with what they should have done was really just squash later. I mean, it wouldn't have hurt him credibility-wise to get destroyed by Kane when you think about it. But then on on the on the other on the other hand, it would like we said earlier, if you lose very quickly in a match, that does that would in the eyes of some people destroyed the, the, the credibility. Okay, well, the if we're going to go that route, then did they not do that with Daniel Bryan when he was beaten by Kali within, like, two or three minutes? A, a bit, but I do think we're talking about two different people. Like, Slater and... Because in, in the eyes of the fans, more, more, more in particular, the, uh, in, in the internet wrestling fans, Daniel Bryan can't, can't do anything wrong. He is so over with the crowd... It's stupendous. As for Slater, tonight didn't really hurt him at all. It, like, like we said, it actually shook him as a threat to a former WWE champion. And Kane did, and Kane did a good job of working the, like, the, big, like, the big monster role and then using the power to get the win. And I don't... And as for... I don't know, I, I think... Slater will be there or thereabouts towards towards the winning thing because he he doesn't have the big record like the big the good record, and I could probably see him going to SmackDown. 
because they kind of lack the mid-card over there. Well, they do now, but in a couple of weeks, that's all going to change. I'm telling you. Yeah. we got the draft, the draft coming up on April 26th, the big three-hour show. And this year, it's going to be bigger than years before because you don't have ECW taking up those other guys. It's now just going to be between the two brands, which I find to be uh, an interesting development. So I'm hoping that Raw doesn't have all the talent like they've done in past years. I know that the USA Network is just so anal about wanting uh, you know, big ratings and they want the big stars there. I still think that if you want to make SmackDown a big show, you've got to send Cena over there sometime. He has been on Raw for far too long. When he was on SmackDown before, he wasn't really the world champion, but just a brief time. You know, they always talk about how Cena is this ratings guy, like he's the reason to watch. Well, fuck it. If you want people to watch SmackDown and you want to do something, then take Cena. You've already sent Triple H over. You've sent a lot of your guys over. Cena's the next guy that you're going to have to send over there. It's time no. for him to go back to, to SmackDown, honestly. Yeah, I would agree. Like on Raw, he's basically feuded with everyone he's done. he could. Hell, he's, he's feuded with Randy Orton for about 12 years already. But like I said, USA are quite uptight about who can and who can't leave. Uh, I know like Seamus are uh, uh, rumored to, 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 to be on SmackDown, but he's not a big name draw. I, I like Gucci and said Orton. I think Orton's going to stay on Raw, and we'll actually have uh, um, Cody Rhodes go over to, to uh, SmackDown to form a tag team with uh, his brother Dusty Rhodes, because, uh, no, Dustin, because they they are going to be, um, be doing a uh, Rhodes um, book. So there's, there's a good chance that we'll, that we'll see the, uh, the Rhodes family teamed up on SmackDown, including Dusty. Well, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up, because there was also an article that I checked out today uh, basically talking about, we saw this new angle started with Ted DiBiase, where he's now carrying around the Million Dollar Championship, and he referred to himself as the Fortunate Son. The big rumor going around is that uh, in the very near future on Raw, they're looking at bringing in his brother Brett DiBiase, and those two are like twins. They look just alike. Uh, mm. Brett DiBiase and, of course, uh, the son of the former Mr. Perfect, um, Kurt Henning, Joe Henning. And they yeah. are actually the FCW Tag Team Champions as of right now. They have been for quite a while. So to bring them over in a stable called the Fortunate Sons could be interesting, and it totally makes you wonder if you know they're going to do something with Cody down the road where he forms his own little stable of guys. Because they've got so many second- and third-generation workers in this company right now, whether they're in FCW, whether they're on SmackDown, whether they're on Raw. I mean, it's endless. I mean, the possibilities that you can have. Well, I know at one point there was like a plan to have Legacy split, like literally have Legacy control all three brands because they had enough three, oh sorry, second and third generation stars to do that. Like when when the clones were over on SmackDown, they they were gonna have the clones be a part of Legacy, have Legacy on Cosmo of War, and bring up a few guys from SCW. So it, it would have been like a literally a, all three brands, including ECW, would have had a, a Legacy member on it, mm. which which. which which could be entertaining. Possibly. But as for this new fashion, I think it'll be pretty fun, and I'm pretty sure down the road we'll see the Hot Dynasty versus the, Fort- the Fortunate Sons. Which I, which I think will be quite uh, quite a cool match to watch, actually, to see some, some of the second and third generation stars facing each other. 
Well, I, I think that'd be great. You know, I mean, when you look at the the talent that they have, I, I think it's fantastic. I, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing that second and third generation talent go somewhere. I also think that you're going to see the Hart Dynasty probably jump to Raw. Um, if they are going to like really do things with factions for the Fortunate Sons and possibly something with maybe Cody and Goldust, uh, it could be interesting because then you could revive your your tag team division and not really worry about putting it on two singles guys and having them be your undisputed champions. I just I think that you know we're seeing a lot of degeneration in the uh, the tag team division. It's gone. You know, crime time just broke up. Who knew? Yeah, I, um, I, I, I'm not sure it's confirmed yet, but I think the Hart Dynasty are going to face Big Show and Miz at the uh, Extreme Rules. And if the Hart Dynasty win, I'm pretty sure we'll see the Miz and Show go to different shows, which will be pretty cool. Because, because then we, we, we literally will have a proper tag team holding the belt, which is, when was the last time we actually had a proper tag team that team together? Like years before, catch the belts. Would it be London Kendrick back in '07 or '08? Yeah, I think so. I, I, just, just quick second. Uh, Josh Pedro had actually just corrected me in the chat. No, JJ, it's crime time. Just broke up. Who cared? Good point. Good point. Well, apparently nobody because that that segment got absolutely no reaction. I would literally just watch it on Smackdown a minute ago. And no one cared. Well, and and like I said the other night on WNL, dude, I, I really think that this is the beginning of the end for Shad Gaspard. Doesn't matter if he gets drafted to Raw, if he stays on SmackDown at this point, within the next two or three, maybe even six months, he's gone. I guarantee you he's gonna be future endeavored. They'll have nothing for him creatively, and he'll be gone. Shad Gaspard will be the guy that that will pretend to be the ca- the cameraman at WrestleMania. And he will drop Undertaker. Oh God, let's hope that doesn't do. happen again. Well, they do that every year, basically, because if remember when when they wake up, do 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 Domino, one 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 of them went to war, disappeared, and then turned up only to drop Undertaker on his head. So I'm pretty sure we'll see Shad go to war, and then end up dropping Undertaker on, on his head. No, I I don't think that's going to happen. But you know, good booking there, Crowley. Good booking. <laughs> So uh, so basically, yeah, guys, I mean, NXT uh, was an interesting show tonight. I wouldn't say that it was, I wouldn't say that it was great. I, I'm not digging these stupid survivor-type challenges uh, for this show. It was show. unique. It was unique, and I, I'm just praying to God that next week it's not as bad. We can hope, and if it is, I will actually have a live recap because I, I'll be there because it's actually coming here to England. So I will be able, I will be able to call in to the show and give you a live uh, live report from, from 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 the show. Well, now that that could be interesting, quite frankly. Yeah, it, it could be interesting trying to do live play live play by play of the show. Uh, you know, with that said, Crelly, I think we're going to take our first commercial break of the night. Come back and okay, bring cool. on bring on Sean to do a little video gaming. Okay, cool. So, uh, Crelly, thanks for, for being my special guest host tonight. You were the first. Yay, I'm special. Yeah, you're, you're the, you, you broke the streak here. You are the first guest host right here on Unplugged. So, congratulations for that. I am very honored, JJ. Very honored. <laughs> All right, Crelly. Speak you, man. All right, we'll talk to you later. Peace. All right, guys, with that said, we're going to take our first commercial break of the evening. Come back, and uh, like I said, we're going to talk some video gaming. 
talk some Final Fantasy 13, talk some video gaming news, because uh, some interesting things happened today, and you're going to hear about it in just a few minutes, right here on Unplugged, SundayNightShowdown.com. <laughs> You gotta keep them separated Like the latest fashion Like a spreading disease The kids are strapping on the way to their classroom Getting weapons with the greatest of ease The gang stake out their own campus locale And if they catch you slipping, then it's all over, pal If one guy's colors and the others don't mix They're gonna bash it up, bash it up, bash it up, bash it up Hey, man, you're talking back to me Take them out, you gotta keep them separated Hey, man, you're disrespecting me them out, you gotta keep them separated. Hey, they don't pay no mind. If you're under 18, you won't be doing any time. Hey, come out and play. Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, J.J. Sexay of Sunday Night Showdown. If you're looking for the latest wrestling news on the World Wide Web, you should check out www.fromheadlocks2headlines.com. 
It's the official news source for Sunday Night Showdown, and you should make it your official news source as well. Once again, that's www.fromheadlockstoheadlines.com.
guys raped me. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, we, raped, raped. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Well, no wonder I couldn't remember anything. I thought you guys were my friends. That is not cool. No, it's ironic. No, no, it's not ironic. I don't think you understand. Dude, could you stop peeing while I'm talking? And what the fuck is that? Did someone shit their pants? Yep. Guys, we're back right here, unplugged, the SNS Radio Network, exclusively right here on SundayNightShowdown.com. Oh, wow. What a segment that was. Crelly was the first ever guest host for NXT, something new that we're starting right here on this particular show, on this network that's, quite frankly, not a network, ladies and gentlemen. And Actually, joining me at this point in time is my gaming co-host, you know him, you love him, some of you hate him, but here he is, ladies and gentlemen, the sensational Sean is officially on the line. Sean, what's going down tonight, buddy? Nothing much, man. How's it going? Yeah, pretty good. You're a little loud there, my friend. Am I? I'm, for some reason, my call quality is really weird, so I'm trying to figure out what's wrong with this thing. I don't know. Oh, well. We'll make it work. Yeah. You've got all the little stuff over there. I don't know what the heck to do over on my end, so... Well, I'll see if I get... You're not by yourself. You actually have someone on the line with you as well, correct? Not with me, no. Okay. Well, where's Josh Pedra? Josh needs to call in. Oh, I thought he was with you. No, dude. He ain't with me. <laughs> this, is organiz- this, this is like organized right here. I love this. This is awesome. All right, Josh. Call us so you can be a part of this because we're going to... Do a review, of course, of uh, Final Fantasy Thirteen, which I'm actually very interested to find out. You know what your impressions from both of you are regarding this game. I admit I haven't played a Final Fantasy game since the '90s, to be quite honest. I think I played Final Fantasy three on the Game Boy back in '92, back when I had a Game Boy back in the day. That was a Wednesday, by the way. Um, actually, we, we do now have Josh Pedra on the line. What's going on tonight, Josh? Wow, no one gave me the cue. I was waiting for like the cue card or something. Uh, for some reason, I thought that you and you and Sean had gotten together and were on the same Skype line. I, I don't know what the hell happened there. Oh, well. I don't I, I'm kind of been out a little bit myself. I passed out before NXT even started, and I was just like, um, time to show start? Oh, crap, it's starting now. Okay. Oh, it's all good. So uh, let's jump right into things. Final Fantasy Thirteen. Tell me what you guys think. Um, well, I'll start out since I know Josh has played a lot more than I have. After asking him how much he's actually played, he kind of surprised me with it. So I'll let Josh do a lot of the review of it because he seems to 
know what he's talking about. I started playing today, and I gotta say, I'm not a huge Final Fantasy fan myself. I um, last Final Fantasy game I played was Final Fantasy X2, which was the sequel to 10, the first really real sequel to in a Final Fantasy game. Um, I started playing it today. I mean, it looks amazing. It looks very beautiful. It's fun. I've just started out myself, so I don't really know what else is down the line. So I'm still in the beginning stages of the game, which seems to be dragging on into oblivion, basically. Um, it's a little repetitive to me, but I, like I said, I'm not a huge Final Fantasy fan. I'm not a huge RPG fan itself, so it's a little repetitive. But a lot of people have said it's repetitive, but it's a lot of fun down the line. Um, Josh, I'll let you take it. Yeah, well, at the beginning of the game, um, you're going to feel that repetitiveness a lot because it goes by pretty quick. Um, I'd say the first seven chapters of the game are the fastest, and then it comes to a screeching halt until about chapter 12, and they, they quickly wrap it up. Um, I won't go into anything to spoil anything, obviously, but... Um, yeah, if you're just starting off Final Fantasy XIII, it will feel kind of like a short game to you, but I guarantee you'll probably finish it at around maybe the 45 to 50 hour mark just by doing the main story itself, because 7 through 10, those chapters are just epically long. But um probably start off with the story of the game, and I'll give you guys basically a, a small gist of it. Um Again, to not really spoil it for anyone who hasn't played it yet, but basically it kind of starts off like Final Fantasy VII, um, where basically it centers around this uh, girl named Lightning. She's an ex-military soldier from the planet Cocoon, which kind of sounds like Cloud, you know, ex-soldier from Shinra. And she joins up with a band of rebels who are fighting against the uh, Cocoon's military because they are pretty much going around uh, slaughtering people, which they call the Purge. And to kind of, like, give you an idea of what that is, um, to go a little bit deeper into it, there's these kind of, like, uh, self-aware machines called the Falci, and they kind of, like, control things on the planet Cocoon. They uh, might provide food for people or just, you know, basic stuff, and the military uses them to their fullest advantage, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, basically, they they'll basically choose people um, and put this mark on them. They're basically called the Lussi after that. And the military kind of thinks of them as a destroyer of the planet, uh, so to speak. So they basically purge or kill anyone that's a Lussi. But what the anti-military group basically hates the fact is that they're also killing normal citizens who have come into contact with Lussi because they think the Lussi are infectious, like they're some sort of virus that people can get contaminated with. So that's basically how the story starts out until you actually come to the end of, I believe it's either chapter one or two, where you fight one of the Falci machines and get marked as a Lassie yourself. And then the game basically takes off from that point as you try and discover why you were made a Lassie, why you are chosen to get these magical powers, and what your focus is and what the whole point of the journey is. And all the while, you got your uh, main bad guy of the series, a guy named Disley, who is basically designed to look like an evil pope. And uh, it's kind of funny how they made it like that, but without going into too much of his story, which will spoil the game for you, he's basically trying to pull the strings behind the military and you as a and it basically con 
confuses the actual characters themselves. So it's kind of a story you really have to pay attention to because it can get convoluted at times, and with your actual characters themselves getting confused as to what they're supposed to be doing as we'll see, it kind of can get you confused as well. So it's something you really have to pay attention to as far as like, details go. But that's kind of the gist of the story. Um, but have you even, uh, how far have you gone, Sean, on it? Um, I'm still, I think I'm close to fighting the, the machine. Um, uh, let's see. The two kids just took off in the little, the chopper, the, I don't know. It was like a, a, a motorcycle, but with the, uh, the driver's seat enclosed, they just took off on that and crashed as, that's where I'm at. I uh, see. So haven't had not, a chance to uh, like experience like the uh, the leveling up system or anything. Not yet. I'm still, like I said, I'm still right in the beginning. I'm just trying it out. Um, uh, I'm enjoying it so far. I gotta say, it, it's thoroughly enjoyable, but it's just a little repetitive as as it goes because it's like you're running down, and there's an enemy. Okay, we'll fight the enemy. Yay! And you fight him. Okay, good, sweet. Run down a little bit more. Oh, okay. There's another enemy. Okay, we'll fight them. Let's go for it. Yay! Fight them. Okay. Okay. That's that was fun. There we go. Uh, another enemy. Um. Okay. Um. Do I get do something different now? Okay. Let's <laughs> fight them. Yay. Well, now I, you know. Just, I I don't know a lot of like as far as the game mechanics. Like I said, I haven't picked up a Final Fantasy game in a long time. But I've seen a lot of uh you know a lot of gameplay videos for this thing and. Damn, the graphics are beautiful. Oh, yeah. Yes. Square Enix, so, I mean, anything involved with Square Enix, or as I like to refer to them as Squaresoft, I mean, the Enix deal is still dead in my mind. I don't care about it. (laughs) Um, It's still, you know, it's just to be expected. I mean, you pop in a Final Fantasy game, the first thing you're going to do is pop a boner over the eye candy. I mean, that's exactly what you expect out of any type of Final Fantasy game. And, uh... Basically, you say it's repetitive, and yes, it is very repetitive at the very beginning of the game, but they kind of introduced the leveling up system to you in stages, so the battles become a lot more meaningful as time goes on. And uh, someone in the chat room mentioned uh, Final Fantasy X being one of the greatest Final Fantasies out there. And if you think that, you're going to love the Final Fantasy thirteen leveling up system because, my friends, the sphere grid has returned. It's just called the Crystarium now. And uh, basically, um, they really simplified it. Because if you remember in Final Fantasy X, you had to gain ability points. Once you hit a certain ability point, you got a sphere level, and you used your sphere level to move. And then you had to have sphere in your inventory to actually activate the nodes. Screw that. That's too complicated. They made it so simple. Um, which Basically, what you do is when you beat an enemy, you get things called Crystogen points. And all you do is go into your, uh, kind of like your role. Um, like each character will get three roles off the bat, like Commando, which is more or less like your, uh, your party leader, your damage dealer. Then you have Ravager, which is kind of like your black mage type deal that mixes melee in with it. And you'll have other things like Saboteurs, which will be buff the boss, Medics, which will heal, things like that. You go into one of your roles, and as long as you have enough Crystal Gen points to get to the node, it automatically activates it. And it's basically a single path around, so it kind of like forces you to take some things because it's right there on the path. I mean, there's very few branches off for like optional nodes, but it's still, you know, a lot simpler than the sphere grid. But the fact that towards the end of chapter 10, 
you can basically do all six roles for each character. If you do six times six, that's 36, quote-unquote, sphere grids you get to fill out, and it's very time-consuming. And uh, that's basically just half of the uh, leveling up system. The other half actually comes from your equipment. Um, you can get items off of enemies, and uh, if it's like an organic item, it basically multiplies the experience that the item can get up to uh, three times the experience. And then some enemies drop things that are mechanical, like uh, perfect conductors and spark plugs and stuff like that. And you use those for the experience once you multiply it to up the gear. And, of course, the stats on the gear will also improve as the level goes up. And the more you know gear you wear, the better your stats become. So the two kind of work hand-in-hand. I think they really did a great job with the leveling up system. I think you'll enjoy it once you get to that part. Um, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan. I'll, I'll claim it. I'm a huge fan of Tan. A lot of people claim, call me a uh, a fake Final Fantasy fan because of that game. Because I don't know why a lot of a lot of the h- hardcore fans did not like that game. Um, so a lot of people call me a fake Final Fantasy fan. So I just I just took it in a stride, but. I thoroughly enjoyed Final Fantasy X. I loved the leveling up system. I loved everything. It was really the first Final Fantasy game I got to play. And then when I finished that, I went and bought Final Fantasy VII and VIII, I believe. And I didn't really get a chance to play it too much, but I enjoyed it. But I wasn't a huge fan of those two. I was more of a fan of the 3D uh, camera looking and everything. So I guess I'm a, I'm a victim of the new world. Of the new technology. Yeah, technology bad. <laughs> bad. Technology so bad, I'm telling you. And, uh, um, Sean, what were your impressions of the, uh, the battle system that they put in there? It, it's a little different. i got to give it up to them. Um, if you're not really wanting to go through the abilities, you can do an autoplay, which is basically you select the auto combat, and it chooses your moves for you, but you still have to choose the uh, the person you're going to attack, which I thought was pretty cool. I mean, it's one of those things that if you really want to go through the the fighting quick, you can just do that and just keep doing that after after your attack gets up. I mean, I've I did that pretty well. Um, I did I did go through and do the combat itself a little a little um every now and then. So I mean, not doing auto combat kind of. It's kind of more fun. It's going back to the original way of the game, but doing auto combat is if you really just want to get through the combat as quick as possible. Yeah, and one thing I have a little bit of a gripe about that system is it kind of takes some of the strategy out of the battling uh, altogether because as you go on, um, even if you don't even use a Libra scope or a Libra ability to find out an enemy's weakness, if you select auto battle, the computer will actually choose the abilities that are weak to the enemy for you. So you don't have to worry about going into the ability menu and uh, selecting, like, Spark Strike against, uh, you know, uh, a machine because, you know, uh, lightning will damage them the most. The computer will do it for you. And uh, it's kind of weird, but um, if you play past Final Fantasies, uh, you're pretty much used to the active time bar filling up. Then you get your typical menu of attack, item, magic, summon, things like that. This one is kind of the same, but you select all of your actions before the active time battle meter fills. And once it fills up, then the computer takes over uh, and performs the actions you've selected. And in this one, as Sean mentioned, you have auto battle for you. Then you have the ability menu where 
if you don't want out a battle, you can basically uh, select your abilities by yourself and set up your own chain combos. And I think the game starts you off with two segments, and once you get up to your tier three ultimate weapons, you get a maximum of six segments to fool around with. And then they have uh, two different menus for the battle system as well. One of them is the technique menu, and the other one is the paradigm menu. Um, the technique menu basically is your things like uh, summon your Eidolon, um, basically cast things like Quake or Libra or uh, Dispel, things like that. Um, they cost technique points. You get a maximum of five of them in the game. Uh, things like Libra and Quake cost one point. Um, Dispel, I believe, is two points, and your summons are three points. So with you having a maximum of five and the summon costing three, it's impossible to do two summons back-to-back in the same battle uh, to overpower you know, your character with. Um, so it's kind of a balanced system. Uh, and, of course, if you beat an enemy, you get you know replenished uh, TP points uh, based on your star rating. So you can get a one through star, one through five star rating, and of course, the higher the rating, the better items you get uh, off the drops, as well as uh, the more your TP replenishes. Uh, but the main thing for the strategy in this game is the paradigm system, and this is where um, worrying about your job, worrying about your class in the game, is no longer there because what you can do is basically set up uh, six paradigms. So, for example, you have three people in your group. So you have a commander, a ravager, and a medic. So you have a commander attacking uh, a target. You have a ravager attacking the same target as the commando, and you have the medic healing. Uh, of course, that paradigm, I believe, is called diversity. Um, say you're doing that and you're taking way too much damage. Um, you can hit L1 at any point during the battle, or I forgot what it was on the 360, but I played a PS3 version, so it's L1. And it brings up the Paradigm menu. Um, say you want some extra healing, you can switch to another Paradigm you set up, which is probably Medic, Medic, Sentinel, which is Combat Clinic. Now you have two healers to heal your damage. And while the Sentinel sits there and takes the damage, it's basically like a tank. It like, uh, aggro's the target you're on, and it just has the, tar- the, the enemy just... Uh, you know, basically attack the Sentinel. And uh, that's basically a huge uh, strategy that a lot of people use on boss fights when you're taking insane amount of damage where like, your life meter just depletes like, like 90% in one hit. Uh, you just basically paradigm shift the combat clinic or something like that, paradigm shift back. Um, there's no limit, no cooldown on it, so you can switch uh, anytime you want, any frequency that you want. And that's where your strategy comes in. Um, Obviously, with three jobs per character, you're limited at first as to what you can set up for paradigms. But once your characters learn all six abilities, the customization is just phenomenal. I mean, you can pretty much have any combination that you want throughout the game, and, and during battles, you just switch between it um, seemingly at will, and it's really well done. And, uh, you know, waiting for that super, uh, super ability by the boss and uh, switching the combat clinic like, right away is like some breathtaking moments that I've experienced in the past and some of the bosses. It's it's probably one of the most unique dynamics so far in Final Fantasy. I'm really waiting to get into the game a little bit more so I can so I can get involved in this because I really want to do the leveling up system. I want to do the paradigm system like you were talking about. I want to get into this, but I don't know if I'm going to have you... I don't know if I'm going to have the game long enough for me to be at, be able to actually get it, because I'm still waiting on my shipment of um, Splinter Cell Conviction to come in. I'm waiting on my shipment of my new monitor. I mean, I've got a lot of things going on this week, and I'm hoping that I can get a chance to sit down, because Bad Company 2, unfortunately, has 
taken over my video game time almost the entire time. So I'm having to switch back and forth between my PS3 and my 360. So I'm hoping I'll get a chance to go along and play, um, get to the point where I can level up, I can start getting to the paradigm system and all that. You know, I, I find it interesting. Uh, you're talking about, you know, jumping back and forth between your PS3 and your, your 360. Uh, I, I like I said, I've yet to play Bad Company 2, but I'm going to check that out here pretty quick. Uh, did Did you hear about the update that came out today in regards to the 360? Yes, uh, I updated. I actually knew about it last week. They um they had some stuff about it on uh, Joystick.com, and I heard about it, and I was kind of like, I'm curious to see how this goes out. And then I updated today, and I was kind of like, huh? So this is starting today. So. I'll let you go ahead and talk about what it is. Well, basically what it is, it's an update for you to be able to save games and stuff on an external hard drive on the Xbox 360. I believe you can only have a maximum of like 16 gigabytes, I believe, hooked into it, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong on that. But I think that what they're trying to do, and they're trying to sell you on this, uh, Microsoft is going to come out with uh, with some type of brand new hard drive uh, peripheral in the next couple of months that are compatible with this. So I think despite they're saying that you can use any, you know, external that you want right now, I think what they're going to do is once these new ones come out, they're going to make it to where you have to use those exclusively and they're going to have an update that blocks you from using any other ones. So I think it's kind of a con. I don't really know what to think of it at this point in time. I just think that it's it's kind of shitty. I I got a feeling they're going to fuck us. It would be the first time, so well, I'm yeah. just waiting. Everybody loves money. I mean, Bill Gates is no exception. I, I gotta get Bill Gates isn't really in charge of it anymore, so let's leave Bill Gates out of it. Yeah, I guess. Speaking of updates, uh, do you guys see the latest PS3 update, uh, version 3.21? The one that knocked out the Linux support? Yeah, basically... Uh, I mean, for normal PS3 users, I don't think it's going to be a big deal. But if you're one of those who loves to customize your PlayStation 3 and you wanted to load a secondary OS on there or an optional OS like Linux, uh, as of today's update, um, basically Sony said that if you choose not to install this update, you can pretty much kiss every feature on a PS3 combined from uh, uh, networking, uh, online uh, functionality for games, ability to play some Blu-ray DVDs, or basically shutting down the PS3 to any users who don't install this update. So if you're you know, really into modding your PS3, that's pretty much bad news for you. But for the rest of us who are pretty much you know, PS3 owners who are casual gamers or just you know, even people who don't care about that stuff, I mean, it's really not that big of a deal. But for those who really like to mod their stuff, they really screwed the pooch on them. Yeah, it sounds like that. That kind of sucks. You know, thank yes, God I don't have a PS3. Actually, sorry, Jay, go ahead. No, I said, thank God I don't have a PS3 modded, or PS3 in general. So, I don't feel like I'm getting the shaft here. I don't feel like I just came out of prison, you know? CJ, um, me and him were talking about this a lot two weeks ago or so, and he um, he was not happy at the point. And then, apparently, reading in the chat room, he, he updated, so... Good job, CJ. Welcome to the uh, rest of the world. Does that leave me out in the I, dark? Because I don't have one. I should get one. Uh, you should, JJ. 
One it's, of the, one, you know what? One of these days I will, just so I can play Metal Gear Solid 4. I know it's 90% movie, but I love the Metal Gear franchise. That was actually for uh, GameStop. had that for 15 bucks last week during their Game of Days. And if I had gotten paid a few days earlier, I would have picked it up for 15 bucks along with some other games. Well, yeah, yeah I'd go pick it up for 15 bucks, but I still have to pay like 500 bucks for a PS3. So there you go. <laughs> what a deal. <laughs> uh, I'm saving a buck or two, but I'm having to pay out more. So I don't know. Uh, was there any other gaming news that you wanted to talk about? Uh, actually, there is. And yes, you were correct on the uh, the 16 gigs for the Xbox 360 storage device. It was 16 gigs. Okay. I thought so. I read it briefly. I watched a little IGN today and, you know, uh, watched Jessica Chobot and... You know, everything else just kind of goes out the window when Chobot talks. I don't know. It just doesn't retain. Um, Maybe I'm the only one that feels that way. I don't know. Just saying. Chobot rules. Okay, if you say so. Um, There's a few things that came out today. Uh, Apparently, Sega Studio in San Francisco closed today. Um, They were the creators of the Iron Man video game. Uh, they're they're currently working on Iron Man 2, which is supposed to come out May 4th. Um, there's word is that that's not going to be affected, and from what I've seen of Iron Man 2, the video game, it looks pretty dang good. So um, it's definitely better than the first one was, because the first one wasn't bad. A lot of people thought it was, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, what's up? Let me get all the way to the bottom. Um uh, footage and images from uh, Duke Nukem Forever. Uh, you know about Duke Nukem Forever, don't you, did you? Uh, yeah, I heard about it like 10 years ago. And uh, every year I hear about it, and every year it doesn't come out. So uh, it's an urban legend at this point. I don't think Duke Nukem Forever is ever going to come out. They should retitle it Duke Nukem Never, because that game, if it ever does come out, will be so past its prime, it's not even worth talking about anymore. Well, with, like 3D realms, <laughs> with 3D Realms going under a, uh, last year, I don't think... I'm hoping we'll still see it, but we probably won't. Um, there's some new stuff coming out about it. Uh, apparently, uh, they've got YouTube, new YouTube videos and stuff like that. Uh, fan-made compilation videos. Different things that uh, should be pretty good to take a look at. Um, if you were a first buyer for the stimulus package for Modern Warfare 2, you get a, a free week of Xbox Live Gold, which is so not worth the money. Seriously, it sucks. Um, well, but you know the reason they did that, right? Because not that many people bought it. Well, no, it's not only that. There was some uh, major errors when people bought it. They couldn't uh, access what they bought, basically. And so as yeah. a consolation prize, they decided to give you an extra week of Live, so... You know, good idea. I don't buy stimulus package. Basically, it's not as fun as it was. Call of Duty isn't as fun as it was either. But oh well. Um, there's new images out for Halo Reach weapons and the vehicle renders and stuff. They uh, they look really sweet. Um, definitely very crisp and clear. Um. E3 is coming up soon. Uh, June, uh, what is it? It's in June 
uh, second week in June, I believe. Uh, the Sony E3 conference is actually set for June 15th. So if you want to be paying attention, you're going to want to see what they got to say because definitely things are going to be breaking out this year with Move coming out uh, later this year and also with Natal coming out later this year. Um, Sony and Microsoft are probably bringing the bringing the heavy gloves this year. Oh, um, hang on a second. Speaking of uh, of E3 this year, and I got to give credit to Gaming Ring. Um, they have a, an article. Basically, there's a rumored WWE game that they're going to be debuting at E3, possibly. And uh, there's an article up over at GamingRing.com. Basically, it says this. They pulled something from uh, Percy Pringle's Twitter account where he said that he went and worked on another wrestling game that's not SmackDown vs. Raw 2011. And so there's a lot of rumors going around that there's another Legends of WrestleMania-type arcade game that's going to be coming out this year because WWE is looking to expand its license with THQ to more than just the SmackDown versus Raw franchise. So uh, once I know more about that, I'll pass that along. But that's just uh, a couple things that I've checked out in the last couple of days that seems a bit interesting. Yeah, that's definitely. I, if they're making a second game, that's going to be pretty cool. I'll give it up. Um, Gears of War film. Uh, there's supposed to be a Gears of War film coming out within the next uh, two or three years. Uh, apparently, there's some trouble with it that they're pulling some of the budget back for it, and they're going to. Uh, they're from where it is is things are going to go kind of downhill from it. Well, yeah, the the director um, has been pulled. I mean, the director is no longer attached to it, and the director yeah. was, uh, God, what, what what movie did he direct? It was like a big movie. He's been pulled back from it. So what are the chances that, uh, you know, Ubol are going to try and take Gears of War over? I mean, oh, that's that's got Blockbuster written all over it. Another Ubol movie, Gears of War 2. I mean, that is the franchise for him right there. And then oh, not to jump off top of everything, but uh, I also got news today that for all you Voltron fans, the live-action Voltron movie has been scrapped as well. You can now shed your tears. Voltron has been scrapped? Yeah. No fucking way, man. That's crazy. That sucks. <laughs> and I was looking forward to seeing that and the Thundercats. Fuck. <laughs> they probably looked at Dragon Ball Dragon Ball that came out and said, okay, we're not going to go like that, so just forget it. We're done. Just leave it alone. Because they killed Dragon Ball for me. Straight up. I need a tissue because I've got an issue. That's just not right. You know, and here's the thing with Hollywood. They make so many remakes. And there's so many untouched properties that have never been done. Like Voltron. Like the Thundercats. I mean, come on. It's money. But uh, kind of transitioning. I actually did go and see Clash of the Titans yesterday. Uh. Oh, shut up. You're going to go see it tomorrow, so what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, I might not. That's the problem. Things have come up where I might not be able to go see it. Sir. Oh, boo-hoo. I feel bad for you. Well, not really. Um, it's funny. I actually did get a chance to go back and rewatch the uh, the original Clash of the Titans. About two weeks ago, they, they played it here uh, on TV. And so I sat down and watched it. One of my favorite movies growing up, because uh, I believe that movie came out in 81... 
And I can remember, I mean, I wasn't very old when it came out, uh, but I can remember going to the theater with my dad to see that movie. And I thought it was a great movie then. And I really enjoyed it watching it the other day again. So, going into uh, Clash of the Titans yesterday, I thought, you know, how are they going to do this? And, and I have to say, I liked the movie. It is definitely different, storyline-wise, from the original. There are similar stories going on there, but it's just not... Uh, I mean, obviously, they, they've completely changed a lot of the story. I mean, you remember in the original... Uh, and I can't even think of the guy's name, but the uh, the son of the, the the female god that was trying to uh, marry Andromeda, and he uh, gets um, he gets turned into the uh, the monster looking lizard creature. Uh, yeah, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, that tries to kill Perseus. Um, yeah, instead of actually having him in the movie, they basically, if you remember the original Clash of the Titans, it starts off with. Uh, you know, Zeus basically impregnates um, Perseus's mother, and the father uh, is the king of Argos, and he banishes the mother and Perseus into the sea. And, of course, Zeus and Poseidon uh, save them and send them off to an island where Perseus is raised. And basically in this one, it starts off with uh, the king of Argos and Zeus are, are at war, and Zeus disguises himself as the king of Argos and knocks up the queen. And that's how Perseus is born. And so the king of Argos kills uh, his wife and, of course, throws them into the ocean. And, of course, Perseus gets saved and found by a family of fishermen. And so later on in the movie, he resurfaces and he's kind of that beast character. So, I mean, they did a lot of changing up. I saw it in 2D because I actually heard some reports saying that the 3D version was, was balls, uh, that it looked cheesy, and so I decided that I, I just wanted to see it in 2D anyway. And I wasn't disappointed. Uh, the, the fight scenes were great. I thought the uh, all the characters looked great. The Medusa looks fantastic. Uh, the Kraken is fantastic looking. I mean, just so much detail going into the Kraken. When, when you compare it to the 1981 version, it's... You know, the 1981 version looks like the creature from the Black Lagoon. So, I mean, the Kraken is, is you know, sick. And uh, nice. Pegasus is not a white horse. He's a black horse. Black, you know, flying horse. So, they did change a lot of things. But overall, I thought it was a good movie. I thought the acting was great. I mean, you can't get much better than uh, Liam Neeson as Zeus and Ralph Fiennes as Hades. Nice. You know, Gemma Arton, uh, or I, I know I'm saying her name wrong. That that woman is drop-dead gorgeous. And uh, she plays a goddess. And Sam Worthington does a great job as Perseus. Much better than Harry Hamlin, I, I might add. So, you know, and, and there was actually even a throwback to the original. Uh, there's a scene where they're getting ready to head out on their quest to uh, to find the witches. And the witches looked fantastic, by the way. And before they leave the city of Argos, they're, you know, getting their weapons together and, and getting ready to go on this quest. And Perseus pulls out the golden owl that was in the original Clash of the Titans. He goes, what is this? And the guy says, don't worry about it, leave it here. Oh, what? 
Yeah, so I thought that's kind of funny that they're paying a little homage to the original Clash of the Titans. Uh, you know what? I recommend you guys see it. Uh, if, if you're into uh, into movies like this, then it's definitely a check out. I, I really enjoyed it, and uh, you know, that's kind of my review of it. I, I say go see it. I'm going to try my best to go see it. I really want to. Um, if I can't go see it in theater, I'll do it the other way and find a copy online somewhere, unfortunately. And let me say, Medusa was badass in this movie. Did it actually look a lot better than the first one? Oh, fucking A, man. Medusa was wonderful in this movie. Uh, They even kind of went into the backstory of why she is how she is. And it was basically that that Poseidon uh, was, was, you know, after her. And you know wanted to sleep with her, and so she was running away from him, and went to the uh, went to Athena, and went to the temple of Athena, to try and get help. And Poseidon just basically raped her on the floor in Athena's palace, and to basic and, and Athena was disgusted basically, and decided that she would never be touched by a man again, and so changed her into this hideous creature uh, that would you know never hurt a woman, but you know would would kill men, turn them to stone. So. I like the I like the way they went with the story in that. I mean, just bottom line, the the character of Medusa, like the way that they animated her was was fantastic. So yes, Medusa was hot back in the day. Not so much now. <laughs> She'll turn you to stone. But uh, no, overall, man, like good movie. I can't wait. It's going to be good to go see it. I'll tell you what, guys, I'm going to take a quick commercial break, come back, take some phone calls. Sean, you're welcome to stay. Josh, you going to stay with us, or are you heading out? I'll stay if you want me to. All right, we'll stay on the line, guys. We'll be right back with more Unplugged right here, exclusively, SundayNightShowdown.com. Back in 1986, before PlayStation 3 or Sega Genesis, I played a game called Radius on my 8-bit Nintendo NES. But this side shooter was too hard for me, and another game had the same difficulty. In 1988, it was the big C, Contra made by Konami. Both of these games had very hard modes. I lost so much I thought I would explode. Then I met a friend and the story he told was about a very special code. He said, Black Nerd, this is no drive. You put this code and you'll get extra lives. But stay select, I gotta thank this guy. Because in his Konami games, I survived. All I gotta do is up, up, down, down, left, 
right, left, right, B, A, then start. All I gotta do is up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, then start. All I gotta do is up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, then start. All I gotta do is up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, then start. Now Contra can't beat me when my plus lives equal 30. Freddy is a super C. Beat them both without using a game genie. Even the TMNT uses the Kawamunga code of Konami. I'm even trying to see if I can use the code in motion on my Wii. No one from Nintendo plays games like us. We beat Castlevania, Contra, and Gradius. Unlimited license select power ups. I'm a big battle toe, you just a kid, Icarus. No one from Nintendo plays games like us. We beat Castlevania, Contra, and Gradius. Unlimited license select power ups. Like the controller, we've got the next advantage. All I gotta do is up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, then start. All I gotta do is up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, then start. All I gotta do is up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, then start. All I gotta do is up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, then start. Way, 
Guys, we're back right here, plugged in exclusively, SundayNightShowdown.com. Just felt the need to play a little Richard Cheese on the show tonight. Uh, you got to love taking music like Limp Biscuit or really anything, and turning it into a lounge song. I mean, that's, that's fucking fantastic. Of course, uh, joining me on the line, I do believe I still have uh, Sensational Sean and, of course, the, the J-Con, the JC champion of the E-Fed, Joshua Pedra. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. The champ is in the house. In the hizzy, no, the shizzy. Fuck you, Josh. Just fuck you, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're just jealous because you can't have what you want. I don't... I got screwed. I got screwed out of the title. I'm just like Trey. I said I didn't have somebody running behind him and and just screw him out of the title. I had... My match got changed at the last second to include two more people... When it was originally a three-way, and I was fine with that. I was fine with the three-way. Then all of a sudden, changed it. Like, yeah, you know what? We're going to change it. We're going to we're going to make it a little hard for you. I was like, seriously. And then all of a sudden, he's like, "Here we have five people. Uh, Josh and uh, the other guy's going to join you." Uh, what? And then all of a sudden, there it is. I come down. I'm like, okay, what's going on? I get smacked. First thing, I was just like. What? Are you still and whining about this? Yes, I am. Wham, wham, wham. Should I call you the wambulance? I mean, I had to do that for Trey last night. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ, okay. man. Come on. It's okay, JJ. That's why he's not holding the belt, because a true champion would have been able to adapt to a situation like that, like I did. And that's why I'm wearing the gold, and he's not. He actually has a point there. But we actually do have someone uh, on the line right here. Welcome to Unplugged. Who is this? Oh, I can't believe Josh said that. Oh, it's Clinton Bowman. What's going on? Oh, we oh got my Lord. C.J. Bowman in the house. There and goes the show, ladies and gentlemen. Member of the... Hood Flick. No, here goes the show. Excuse me. I'm not Mace. I don't crash streams. <laughs> or, or take hardcore titles. Ah, that's... Hey... <laughs> Just because I'm CJT, that doesn't mean I have to tap out to everything. Yeah, I mean, it, it, what's going on with you, CJ? I mean, uh, you know, Josh Pedra walked away the Intercontinental Champion, and uh, oh, excuse me, the JC Champion, because he's, he's changed the name. Uh, my my apologies, sir. Uh, and of course, you had an opportunity with Andy Knowles to become the, one half of the tag team champions, and you tapped out the Flair sixteen times. What the hell happened? You know you? what? It was it, it was basically Yankees versus Red Sox, and you know what? The match emulated Sunday night's game with the Yankees loss. 
So, you know, kind of sucks. Well, it, but you know what? El Hoodflake is with basically JTG mixed with El Snowflake. <laughs> you know, damn, Mr. V giving me El Snowflake. What the hell am I, human tornado? <laughs> so is there actually some tension brewing between you and, and the rest of the BOE right now? I mean, how's that going for you? You know, you know, I'm starting to think Mike's a blowhard. You know, all he oh. talks about, Mike, all he talks about is his partner or his, you know, his butt buddy, Annie Knowles. You know, and, you know, you know, Mr. P, he, he decides to pull out and put me in the match because he know he would have tapped out. You know, the only person I don't have a problem with is Josh Piedra because he's cool. Damn straight. <laughs> no, like everybody else in the, everybody else in, in, in the BOE can kiss my, kiss my snowflake ass. That's some strong words there, CJ. You know, it's all about me and JC. Feel me? And I'm not talking about John Cena. I hear you. I hear you. I'm not talking about John Cena. No, we're we're not talking about John Cena on this program. But we know where where you're going with that. Um, So, CJ, just quickly, I I wanted to to bring you on and and discuss uh, something that we really didn't get a chance to talk about last night on, on Wrestling News Live. And I apologize for that. Um, cause I, I really completely, I forgot all about the, uh, everything with, with the crappiness of the shows that we had to endure last night. I mean, Raw and SmackDown <laughs> both were, were atrocious and, you know, Trey and I both said it last Raw night. Raw and SmackDown? Wait, wait, wait. Raw and SmackDown? What? Did I say SmackDown? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I watched Raw and SmackDown last night. That was my problem. Uh, I'm sorry. Impact and Raw were both shitty last night. It's That's late. Okay. I'm tired. Okay. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Fuck it. We'll do it live. No. So Impact, again, Impact and Raw kind of sucked last night. And uh, so I wasn't in the right frame of mind to think about it. But, uh, you know, you do have a, a big announcement to make, and, and I'm going to give you the forum to do so. So, CJ, you have the floor. All right. So a lot of you guys know I used to do a show on Tuesday nights around the same time as the Connors crew. But it wasn't on SNS, it was on another website because I used to do it out of my school radio station. Now, took the time, bought all the equipment that I need to buy. I'm going to set it up to- tonight as soon as I finish cleaning and rearranging my room. But the official announcement is the Headlocks Lounge is officially on SundayNightShowdown.com, effective Friday, April 8th at 10.30 p.m. That's Eastern Time, correct? Eastern time. Okay. A half an hour by a half an hour after SmackDown. That way, you know, I get to turn off Wendy Williams because she's crap. <laughs> you know, and just prepare and mentally prepare. What? What? For, for one of the greatest shows, one of the greatest shows to come to this Island of Misfits shows besides the Rewind Wrestling News Live and Sunday Night Showdown and Unplugged. I'm like fourth. I'm like fifth place behind them, but it's all good because they're all great shows. And you know what? Nice, my bad. I'm tired. You know what? <laughs> Thank you, Josh. We're we're actually glad to have you aboard. You and Crelly do a fantastic job with the lounge. So uh, I think it'll be fun to have you guys on Friday nights. You know, especially with uh, you know us not having anything on on Friday nights. You know, I know Trey wanted to have a show on every night of the week, and I don't know if I want that or not. But uh, I, I am happy that you guys uh, have, have jumped aboard. So you know, I'm hoping everything yeah, goes well. Yeah, I decided to swim out. You know, I'm like on the continent. I'm like, why am I still on the continent? Swim, 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 swim. You know, I experienced like a 
uh, like a Raytheon coming around the way and trying to swipe me, I decided I'm monster hunted and probably just made it on the island finally. So, yeah. <laughs> well, welcome to the island. It's good to have you aboard. Yeah. Can I also talk about some of the things that I have planned for the lounge, too? Absolutely. Well, you know, the old lounge, we didn't really have much segments. We did have a few interviews, but we have a few segments planned coming up starting on the 16th because I think lockdown is the 18th. That sounds right. We're going to be doing a little pay-per-view prediction show ourselves. But it's going to be a little weird tie-in as well because it's going to be it's going to be a weird time because we also got a good friend of mine coming aboard who works at DivaDirt.com. Her name is Crystal Mai. She does the Impact Write-Up. Me and her plan this for a while. We're going to be doing, we're going to be doing a, a half an hour of pay-per-view predictions and, of course, we're taking calls. Plus, we're also going to be do, going into some women wrestling talk as well, you know, because she does work on a women's wrestling news site. And then we have another segment coming up as well. With somebody you all know and love from the chat, Pillman 9mm, called Six Shots with Pillman, where we talk about six of the, six of the, you know, most talked about segment, um, news stories of the month, and hear his thoughts on it. Very cool. I'm looking forward to that, actually. So we're doing it big. It's going to be, it's going to be just like Sunday Show, for the people, by the people, well, for the people, by us, but influenced by the people. <laughs> I, I think Internet Dave might have some butt hurt. He thinks you're stealing quick picks. No, no, we're not stealing quick picks, man. We're actually, you know, it'll all be basically, you know, under one banner, just two different shows and two different times. And, and believe it or not, all the picks from my show and quick picks will be up on headlocks.headlocks.com Saturday night after quick picks. So that's where it gets really interesting. Very cool. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, I'm looking forward to this, quite frankly. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, it will be. I mean, like, we got Crelly, you know, the international stuntation. <laughs> and. <laughs> the international what? Studtation? International stutter nation. Stutter nation. Stutter nation. Ah, that's awesome. Yeah, and then, and then you got and you got me, the whitest black guy on the network, the Oreo. What, did I say headlock to headlock? I said headlock to headlock. What are you hearing? Are you stuttering in your brain, too? Wow. Apparently you're tired, too, tonight. Mm. Well, you know, I'm not tired. I mean, I don't got school. I don't got school tomorrow. I, I got Wednesday off, so. And it's going to be like 85 degrees in New York City, man. I take the time and chilling out, man. No, I hear that. I was, I was originally thinking about changing the name of the headlock lounge. To the Sports Entertainment Express, you know, to get the kick out of all TNA fans from back then. To get the Russo Riffingness run, rolling. Get it? Oh, my. Yeah, I, I got it. <laughs> Worst joke I ever. my eyes roll. I'm, I'm actually, I'm going to tell you this now, guys. Uh, I, I might lose you here in a second because my Skype is not responding, so if you drop, I'll bring you back on. Not yeah, really sure. I've seen that Josh's call just got dropped, yeah. It tends to happen. Yep. Let's see. I'll count down to mine. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um. Thank you, Chris. Anyone who can act like a black man want to join the lounge. And no, wow. Randy, there's nothing happening on the thirtieth. I'm sorry. Nothing. I'm gonna lay. I'm gonna lay it on the air right now. Nothing. <laughs> sorry. 
You have to refill that that plug, but that's okay because you got a good column. Anyways, I'm gonna go because I know it's gonna start affecting the Skype really badly. All right, brother. Well, we'll talk to you soon, man. All right, man. Peace. All right, CJ. Later, Peace CJ. Out. Later. All right. Apparently, we lost Josh Pedra. I again now my Skype is up and I think running once again, which is <laughs> fucking strange. I don't know what's wrong with this computer. Every every once in a while, it just wants to fuck up on me. Skype doesn't like Petra. That's quite possible. So I guess I'm going to go ahead and open up the phone lines. We'll take a couple calls, and then I'm going to wrap this thing up and, uh, you know, get the fuck out of here, quite frankly. So if you want to call, be sure and call 501-588-7957 or Sunday Night Showdown on your Skype to kind of get in on the conversation. Josh, you want to call back in? Go for it, buddy. Already here. Okay, Josh is back. There we <laughs> go. magic. Fuck. I said That's your name. That's power JC title, man. I mean, I just pop in and out whenever I want. It's like a gateway. That's awesome, man. I say your fucking name and you're here. It's just like, it's fucking magic. That's some cool shit, bro. So how does it feel to be the first ever JC champion? I, I mean, I, I gotta know. Oh, the feeling is beyond euphoric. If you thought... Bubba Ray Dudley in the WWE had that euphoric look on his face. It pales in comparison to how I feel. I mean, being the first ever JC champion and intercontinental champion, showing myself up on the uh, television screen every day to proclaim that my greatness has become the first, there is no better feeling, my friend. Very nice. Very nice. Now, that's an eloquent promo right there. Apparently I'm missing phone calls. I know you guys are calling, and then uh, I go to answer and you hang up. So so fuck you guys. Call back. If you it's want power to come the in. JC title. It's uh, giving me more promo time and it's pushing them aside. Well, there you go. Uh, you know. So what did you guys think of the EFED overall? Seriously, what did you think of WrestleMania? It's awesome. It was awesome, dude. I I enjoyed watching it. I mean, I got to see it. Uh, I got it on YouTube. I've got you subscribed. I could see it as it was getting put up, and I was just like, "Oh man, this is getting really good." I enjoyed it. I've I enjoyed it up to my match, and then after my match was done, I enjoyed everything else. Yes. And uh, for, as for me, I mean, this is gonna you know label me as the ultimate nerd out there, but I've been doing e-fetting from I think since 1997, and uh, my version of e-fetting was. Basically, a blank page on Microsoft Word, you typed out your promos, you sent it into a website, and you would assemble it into a card, and it would kind of read like your, uh, your, like your recap uh, goes on like a, like a WWE SmackDown or Raw, and that's basically how you would read the shows. And uh, never in, God, was it 13 years that I've done e-fetting? I've never seen anyone actually um, you know, use SmackDown versus Raw, the video game, to actually emulate what goes on. And mainly all my stuff's been tech, so this is highly enjoyable for me. I think this is amazing that, uh, I mean, not only have I haven't seen this in EF anyway, it's true, no one in uh, wrestling radio has done anything like this either, so this is the next step in evolution, in my opinion. Well, you know, that's one thing. I've always tried to be innovative with everything I've done, whether it was radio show, uh, whether it was, you know, anything else. And with this EFED, I've gotten a little ambitious, and, you know, I want to bring back the commentary to it, and eventually we'll have that. But for now, I mean, again, still, we're doing something nobody else is doing. So, with that said, we actually do have a caller on the line. Welcome to Unplugged. Who is this? The World Heavyweight Champion 
has come to Unplugged. Now I know, deep down in Sean's gut, the last person on the planet he wanted to hear from is me. No, you're not the last person. You're you're in the middle of the list, but don't worry. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm happy to hear from you, Mike. First of all, first of all, I'd like to take a moment to say, um, boss. I appreciate the assist last week. Um, I am prepared to repay the favor whenever, wherever, and for against whoever you would like. All you have to do is name the time, the place, and the method of destruction, and it will be handled. Now then, Monday night, we sat here and we listened to a certain hillbilly psychotic nut sit back and cry, 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 saying how he got screwed. Now I gotta admit, I got my ass kicked. I won't lie, I got my ass kicked. But, when, uh, before Sunday night, I said I was going to go in there and I was going to come out the world heavyweight champion. In one way or the other, I did. And nobody's going to say that Trey, JSK, or anybody else wouldn't stoop to any lengths to get the job done. There is no way on the planet that he cannot say he wouldn't stoop to anything to get the job done. When it's all said and done, whoever my next opponent's going to be, win, lose, or draw, they will remember stepping in the ring with the world heavyweight champion. That's all I have to say about that. All right, Mike, thanks for calling in. You heard from the world heavyweight champion, Psycho Siciliano, right here on the program. And don't worry, Mike, when I'm ready for you to cash in that favor, you'll be the first to know about it. So, guys, the phone lines are open once again. I'll take one or two more calls, and then we're done. 588, excuse me, 501-588-7957, or Sunday Night Showdown on your Skype. And I believe we have a caller right here. Welcome to Unplugged. Who is this? Hello. Welcome to Unplugged. Who is this? Okay, apparently we don't have a caller on the line. See, it's a JC title at work again. The only reason why Mike <laughs> was able to uh, call in is because the world title. I mean, Eclipse is mine, so, you know, my JC title can't block him. Wow. I'm, the power of the JC title, let me tell you. That is one expensive piece of equipment you've got there. I'm telling you. Oh, indeed. Well, you know what? Screw it. I think we're gonna we're just gonna go ahead and end the show for tonight. It's late, and I think we pretty much covered all the bases. We talked a little Final Fantasy. We talked a little uh, WWE NXT. We talked a little Leaf Fed. It was a good night. I really think. Oh, there was one thing I want to talk about. And you guys are the two of the the perfect guys to talk to about this. I don't uh, know if you're aware of this, but 
Lance Storm actually posted a, a really good blog today in regards to TNA Wrestling. I don't know if you guys have had the chance to read this, but Entity says that he's done with, uh, with TNA Wrestling. I mean, he's just not going to even try to watch it anymore. And I completely understand where he's coming from because he was upset over the fact that they're really laying in their chair shots now. Uh, you know, Rob Terry took a, a fucking stiff-ass chair shot by Homicide last night, which was completely uncalled for, considering the damage. You know, WWE has decided to ban chair shots to the head for that very purpose. I mean, Chris Nowinski has been a pioneer in, you know, working with helping people understand how concussions can affect you. And, you know, a few days before that, of course, Chris Canyon passed away. Now, he did commit suicide, yes. But at the same time, when Benoit committed the murders and the suicide of himself, it was determined that his brain was the brain of a 90-year-old man. He was suffering from dementia. It's possible that from all the abuse that Chris Canyon took over the years, and, you know, lay that in with depression, that that led to his suicide. But the bottom line is, even after this guy passed away, we're still seeing some things that should be taboo in this business. I really have to agree with WWE's lead on this by banning chair shots to the head. You know, I think that's going to... When you look at all the guys that have passed away, a lot of them, and Lance Storm pointed this out, a lot of them worked that hardcore style. A lot of them were former ECW and WCW alumni that specialized in, in hardcore wrestling. And, I mean, what do you... Do you guys have any thoughts on that? Um, I do think TNA needs to, to bring back or hold back on the chair shots because they're seriously getting a little... Ta- they're getting a little carried away with it since WWE is trying not to do it anymore or is not doing it anymore. Uh, TNA is like, oh, man, we can do this now. And they're taking it. They're going a little too hard with it. If they cut back on it, go with the chair shot to the back, chair shots to the leg. I mean, when was the last time we actually saw a chair shot to a leg? Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen it. Chair shots to the arms. I mean, all of those work really well, but the chair shot to the head is one of those things where I'm kind of like, what can we stop? Can we not do this? Can you at least block with the arms? Because when I went when I went through my training for wrestling, they taught us block with your hands or block with your arms. Block with something, but do not take a full hit because it will seriously screw screw you up. So I mean, I'm I really wish TNA would cut back on it at least at least cut back half and see what happens. Go with other body parts. You can do chair shots, and then you you should be fine. But TNA is going to screw themselves over at some point, and somebody is going to somebody's going to get seriously hurt, and they're going to sue TNA, and that's going to be a big major issue when it happens. So I'm that's my feels on it. Yeah, and when you really think about it. Um this really boils down to fans themselves. And you could, I don't really want to see blame ECW, the original, for that. But pretty much ever since that era, uh, the expectations of a wrestling fan has astronomically gone up to the point where people get bored or don't even want to watch a classic wrestling match anymore. They want to see high-impact moves. They want to see... You know, guys running around the ring at 100 miles per hour, not selling anything, 
just basically what the wrestlers can do to get a pop these days. And that's basically what a lot of wrestling audiences, especially on the independent circuit, have, I don't want to say degraded to, but kind of uh, meandered over towards uh, that kind of an attitude. And a chair shot to the head basically gets that pop. And as unsafe as it is, um, I believe it was even uh, Tammy's Jesse Neal at one point, I think he uh, um, even said that he wanted to take a chair shot to the head to prove how tough he was. And uh, part of that was also to try and get himself over, you know, to get that pop from the crowd. And in this day and age, where, I mean, if you saw that list of wrestlers that Lance Storm posted on his uh, on his uh, blog there, it really puts things into perspective that something really needs to be done, because that list is way too long, and a lot of those people shouldn't even be on that list. And... You know, I think the WWE, like you said, JJ did a great move by banning chair shots to the head. Uh, TNA should follow suit, but another thing that could actually help these people, and this has been a touchy subject, um, and one that's been debated for a long time, is perhaps TNA and WWE should actually invoke a health insurance policy. I know there's a lot of business side to that, where they can be liable for different things, monetary-wise, legality issues, but in the long run, something like that will actually help save some of these wrestlers' lives who have taken, you know, too many chair shots to the head and end up like a Chris Benoit or a Chris Canyon. So, you know, it's it's a sad thing to see that the uh, the fans have gone towards that, that mentality where it's all about the cheap pop these days, and that really puts the wrestlers in the spot, saying, well, maybe if I take a chair shot to the head, I'll get that pop and get over. And that's not what wrestling's about, and it's kind of uh, kind of sickening when you think about it. Well, you know, you're absolutely right. And the point Lance Storm was trying to come across with Rob Terry, uh, and he said he had no you know problems with Rob Terry personally, but uh, you know, they're trying to make him out to be a monster, and they're working it well. But to have him, this is not the first time he's taken a, a hard chair shot in the last month. I mean, there was another time recently that he took a, another really solid shot to the head. When he really didn't have to. And the same with Jesse Neal. Um, you know, I wrestled briefly in 1998, right after I was trained, and had a hardcore match with my best friend. And I got concussed by a fucking stop sign. Because the idiot, first of all, put all of his weight onto the stop sign. And two, I didn't get my arm up in time. And he literally pelted me full force on the top of the head with a fucking stop sign. And he hit me so hard that I remember... I blacked out for like a minute or two. When I woke up, I was in a figure four leg lock. I don't remember anything from that point until I woke up in the figure four. And I went to the, you know, I, I went to the doctor and, and I was concussed. I mean, I literally saw black when I was hit. I mean, it, I thought my skull was crushed. So, you know, it's, it's not something that feels very good when it happens. And I don't really understand the need to prove you how tough you are by taking a chair shot when ultimately... All it does is scramble your brains and makes it harder for you later on in life. It's just they need to ban the chair shots. They really need to take the lead from the WWE. I know they want to be different. They want to do whatever the WWE isn't doing. But in this one particular instance, I think you've got to really get rid of the chair shots. I completely yeah, agree. And, uh, I never trained as a wrestler or anything, but I used to work at Office Depot and retail, and I remember doing overnights one night, and we were dismantling some of the steel uh, to do a remodel, 
and I was chucking the unwanted steel into our compactor, and there's these little feet at the end of them that keeps them, you know, upright. And my dumbass forgot to take it off. And when I chucked it into the compactor, the back of it smacked into the back of my head. And uh, I didn't get a concussion, but I did black out for like maybe five or six seconds. And that hurt. So you can imagine what some of these guys feel like you felt when you took a stop sign to the head, when they take a full-on chair shot to the head. You know, if if I could black out for five or six seconds for you know getting hit in the back of the head with a piece of steel, I mean, imagine what these guys are doing. And they're doing this week in and week out, you know, like it's a daily routine. No, exactly. And like you said, the indies are the worst place. I mean, guys, you know, feel like they have to prove themselves on the indies. They take as much abuse as they can. They think it's going to impress some big promoter, you know, to to sign them to a contract. When really, all you're doing is shortening whatever you can do in that ring. It's just it's appalling, and a change needs to happen. And really, I'm not Jerry Springer, but ladies and gentlemen, that's my final thought for the night. Ban the chair shots all the way around. Stop wrestling the hardcore style. Save your bodies, and ultimately, have a successful career in professional wrestling. With that said. On behalf of Joshua Pedra, the J-Con, the JC Champion, and of course the Sensational Sean, and everyone else who called in tonight, thank you very much for tuning in to Unplugged. And uh, don't forget, this week, the Headlocks Lounge will debut Friday night, right here, 10.30 Eastern, right after SmackDown, SNS Radio Network, the Island of Misfit Shows. I'm JJ Sexay, and you've just been Unplugged. As for me, I'm sitting here completely naked after my bath. I'm just going to enjoy this waterlogged steak. After that, I'm going to polish off an entire bottle of vodka in less than 20 minutes and then hit the town and punch out street lamps with a bat. I'm going to hopefully sleep with the first person I meet. I hope you do the same, even if you're a child or a recovering alcoholic or an elderly person. you got to live life, huh? that sound good? Great. Now you do me a favor. You stay classy and give me a call sometime. I'm at 646-424-9166. Hope to talk to you real soon. Goodbye. Is that Baxter? Baxter! Oh, oh, that's not Baxter. Oh, sweet Jack Lord's hair, that's a mastiff. I have to remember to close the front door when I bathe. Oh, that definitely is a mastiff.